The Joyce Kaufman Podcast is being brought to you by Code Red Roofers, South Florida's leading residential and commercial roof experts. Code Red Roofers, roofers that respond. Call 844-4-CODE-RED or visit coderedroofers.com. Oh, you're uh, going to love this story, right? Hamas was about to carry out a terror attack on some Jewish institutions in Europe, but apparently... The Mossad tipped off the Danish agencies because there were raids that needed to take place in Germany, Holland, and Denmark. German police today arrested three suspected members of Hamas in Berlin. The three men, along with another suspect arrested in the Netherlands, were said to have begun preparing a weapons cache in the German capital where arms would be kept in a state of readiness in view of potential terrorist attacks against Jewish institutions in Europe. This according to German federal prosecutors, who are, by the way, no big friends of Israel. News of these arrests came just after Danish authorities said they too had prevented a terror attack and arrested three more suspects. Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu said in a statement that Danish security forces had thwarted an attack, the goal of which was to kill innocent civilians on European soil. The Hamas terrorist organization has been working relentlessly and exhaustively to expand its lethal operations to Europe and thereby constitute a threat to the domestic security of these countries. They didn't get a lot of details out of the Danish police, but let me tell you what this came on the heels of. It came on the heels of a article and some online propaganda by Hamas where they are now claiming that the beheading of babies, rape, and burning of women are, quote, stories and tales spun from the imagination. PLO officials still denies the murders, rapes, said it is tendentious Israeli propaganda. Abbas's advisor denies that Hamas documented atrocities on October 7th. He says that's a lie. It's a fabrication. Well, I don't know about the rest of you, but certain members of the media, we've been allowed to see some of this video, this GoPro video. I assure you that it wasn't an IDF GoPro uh, camera. They're speaking in Arabic, and it's quite clear that they are gleefully murdering innocent Jewish civilians, men, women, and children. So the idea that Hamas is out there saying that this is a falsehood when they themselves virtually made a documentary about their behavior. And why they did that? Because they're proud of it. Another outrageous accusation said that they're mistreating the terrorist murderers that are now being captured and that uh, human rights are being violated because Israel is the terror organization and they are summarily executing the terrorist murderers, rapists, and kidnappers. And we know that's not true because the one thing they know enough to do, the IDF, is to make sure they have 
plenty of videotape and statements. I saw some photographs late last night. First, I wanted to thank my friends out there in uh, Kings Point and Tamarack. I had a great evening with some friends. I think I was a little, I got a little raw in the beginning, but I, I just, I'm just so furious about so many things that sometimes you, if you unleash the Kraken, you get what you paid for. But anyway, when I got home, one of the people who had been there, my friend Irma, had sent me some photographic evidence and videotape that is already circulating of these, you know, these tough guy Hamas creeps turning themselves in in mass, terrified. And they should be because the intention is to wipe them all out. So they're all there in their underwear. And I'm sure we're going to hear, oh, they took their clothing off of them. They're trying to humiliate them. No, they're trying to make sure there's no bombs, you know, strapped to their chest. That is a part of their SOP. The chairman and advisor to Mahmoud Abbas, the religious affairs advisor, I mean, I, these people are, they're beneath contempt. They're not even human. This guy, Mahmoud al Habash, said, with the start of the incidents, the aggression of October 7th and two or three days afterwards, Approximately all the Western positions, Europe, the U.S., and many of the world states supported Israel and the narrative that Israel was a victim on October 7th to aggression, to an attack. But thanks to the success of the Palestinian diplomacy, Arab diplomacy, and the Arab and Islamic media, and even the biased Western media to turn the picture upside down, is anybody paying attention to what's going on now? This is unbelievably dangerous. When you have a media that becomes complicit in lying to the public, even though they know better, to be part of terrorism instead of exposing terrorism. When Hamas says that they're not targeting children, we know that's a lie. And yet there are Western media outlets who are saying, well... You know, um, uh, there's a lot of casualties in war. There surely are. But every effort needs to be made to avoid harming children and women and innocent people. But they don't care. Because I've come to the conclusion, and I'm sure by now most of you have, you know, the same discussion we had last night, we've been having for 30 years that I can remember, about like, well, why is it that, you know, the, the American Jew still votes for Democrats? And I can't answer that question anymore. I've answered it in 5,000 different ways. But if, at this point, if you're Jewish and you're still voting for Democrats, shame on you. You're one of the, you're like Patty Hearst. You have Stockholm Syndrome. The very people who are trying to destroy your race that's not actually a race, but wipe out the Jewish population in the world, you're feeling sorry for. You know, when people say to me, well, what about the, the, the Palestinian people who really don't want any part of this? They're not Hamas terrorists. If they don't rise up and then they don't overthrow 
terrorist organizations like Hamas, like Hezbollah, like, uh, you know, Boko Haram or any of these other terrorist groups, organizations that literally target innocent people all the time, kidnapping girls, you know, in, in, in Africa, if they don't rise up against them, then I'm tired of extending any sympathy whatsoever to them. Get your acts together. And if you can't, if there's not anybody in the Islamic world, in the Muslim world, who's willing to stand up and say, hey, hey, we don't want to see this kind of stuff anymore. Here's the names and phone numbers of the people who perpetrate these hor horrific atrocities. For over 75 years since the Nakba, that's what they call the catastrophe, when the uh, British Mandate and the Western colonialist forces made uh, Israel a possibility. Since that time, the, the insanity of trying to have a discussion with anybody about this. No, they have no history prior to the modern period, these so-called Palestinian people. There are 7 million Palestinians inside Palestine. Really? And what exactly is Palestine, if not Israel? And then they say there are 7 million in the diaspora. But Palestine still dwells in their hearts and their spirits and their minds. Are they talking about Rashida Talib? I know it rests in her heart and her mind. And it doesn't mean, uh, it doesn't bode well for Jews. And she's sitting in Congress. So, you know, anything that you're reading and then you're hearing, which tries to paint a picture that you know, you don't need any more evidence, you know is a lie. You know, I saw this incredible fashion show. I was trying to talk about it yesterday and somehow I got waylaid by my own thoughts. I'm not blaming anybody else. It's like sometimes my mind is moving much more quickly than my, my tongue is able to keep up. But they had this fashion show in Israel and there were two models, both of whom were either present at the um, concert, the rave that was going on in the desert that the Hamas terrorists invaded. One of them was there and the other one was on the telephone with her fiance who was there. The fiance was murdered and the other girl was injured and kidnapped. So let me ask you a question. Are we now going to be in a position where we don't believe women? These women had a fashion show. One of them was wearing a wedding gown because it was her fiance that was shot and killed with a bullet hole right through his heart or through the dress where her fiance's heart would have been. And the other one was wearing, you know, a, a, an outfit that just covered in, in blood and, and, and tears. And, and I'm thinking to myself, it takes a guts. It takes courage after something like that happens to come out and say, we will not allow the world to be given any falsehoods about what happened. Here is what happened. 1,400 people, lives were either terminated or close to, and all of their family and friends have been altered. Their lives have been altered forevermore. No peace, no confidence, but they're fighting back.
They'll have a fashion show, and they will wipe out these Hamas terrorists. And for those of you who, who said, asked me the question, not, not last night, it was a very, um, a very bright crowd last night, but I was asked the question recently by someone who said to me, do you think it's all right to flood the tunnels? Do I think it's all right? You know, maybe if instead of teaching the children in these territories like uh, the Gaza Strip, like in, you know, the West Bank, like in Judea and Samaria, maybe instead of teaching them to hate Jews, you should teach them how to swim, okay? Don't forget to download the app, the 850 WFTL app. That way you can have access to all of the podcasts and all of the uh, storm alerts. Today, the wind is like crazy. I'm looking out my window right now, and I got a tree right outside my window that definitely has never bent this far <laughs> in my memory. Um, it's not, it's not going to go over, but it sure shows me that there's a storm a-brewing. And so you could get a storm alert right on your phone if you have the 850 app. And of course, we have some really awesome contests. And you cannot participate in the contest unless you either go to the app or you have uh, you visit the website on a regular basis. I mean, listen to this. We have Bonefish Grill gift cards. So you can go get some, you know, Winter White Cosmo, Crispy Bang Artichoke, Smoky Tomato Butter Grouper, and more. You can win at 850WFTL.com or on the app. And how about a family four-pack of tickets to dive into the fun at the South Florida Fair, which will be taking place January 12th through the 28th at the South Florida Fairgrounds. Enter to win on your app or at 850WFTL.com. Now, come on. It's worth doing. Let me take a break. I will be right back. So, you know, you want a story that, like, you you know you shouldn't feel good about this story, but you just can't help yourself. Here, Here's the story of the week. This Turkish lawmaker named Hassan Bitmes, he happens to be a member of the conservative Felicity Party in Turkey, he gave this really fiery, negative speech against Israel right there in the Turkish parliament. Guy's 53 years old, doesn't, you know, doesn't look particularly bad shape or anything like that. But he, he ends his speech by saying, you will not escape the wrath of Allah. And then all of a sudden he collapses and his head smacks against the floor. Everybody's rushing to his aid. He had a heart attack. Right in the middle of what I would describe as Turkey's very dangerous relationship with Israel right now. Diplomacy, domestic politics, well, guess what? Under Erdogan, the relationship with Israel goes up and down and back and forth. And then after October 7th, when the Hamas terrorists brutally massacred 1,200 people and kidnapped 240 more and wreaked havoc everywhere, this guy is talking about how you can't escape the wrath of Allah. I salute you all, he said. Boom. I know I shouldn't feel like that's a good thing, but I can't help myself. 
right? You know, just prior to October 7th, Turkey had actually been warming up to Israel. But then as soon as this happened, back it went to Erdogan's, really this is the way Erdogan hates the Jewish state. So now he's all about Hamas and he's all about the reconstruction of Gaza. And, and I'm, I'm listening to our president and the Secretary of State and the Secretary of Defense telling the Prime Minister of Israel and the War Cabinet, telling them, okay, enough is enough. Really? They told you from the beginning, and you understood when they told you that enough is when they wipe out Hamas. That doesn't mean they're going to kill every Arab nomad living in Gaza or in any of the territories which the Jews stupidly, I'm going to say it, stupidly gave back to a people that had no right to it so that they could then gather up weapons and attack them. It would be like us actually giving the drug cartels in Mexico whatever chemicals they need to create the fentanyl that they could then send into our country to kill our young people. Give me a break. When it comes to international politics, survival of the fittest is the order of the day. Wars are not fought to make a point. Wars are fought so that one side is vanquished and in many cases must be completely eliminated in this case. And one, si- one side wins. You know, we don't have a military that we train to uh, hurt people. The, our military is trained to destroy the enemy. To, they are literally trained as warriors whose sole purpose is to achieve victory in the battlefield. You don't win by taking prisoners, although Israel's doing that. You know, if they look, if they read the Old Testament, their book, the first five books, they can see where quite clearly God says, if you leave even a remnant of your enemy alive, they will come back and they will get you. How many times has that already happened to the Jewish people? How many more times does it have to happen? And why would any other country's leaders pressure them to walk away from a battle they didn't pick. They didn't start this. They have historically given in every time to the pressure of the world. The United Nations, who cares? Why does the United Nations still exist? That would be my question. They haven't united squat. Well, actually, they've united a lot of countries against Israel and America, but that's about it. And that's a nice piece of real estate. You know, I've said many times, I have no intention of ever moving back to New York. I don't even like to visit. You know, sorry for those of you who still have some fondness for New York. My plane starts coming in, uh, you know, over Queens, and I have an anxiety attack. Not a place I ever want to spend any significant amount of time in anymore and definitely could never live there. (laughs) And, and, And... It just leaves me in a state of amazement that we sit here in our comfortable homes, in our beautiful condos, and 
decide what's best for a people who've been attacked in the manner that Israel was attacked. You know, when I get into, I don't even get into these conversations anymore because it's futile. And plus I'll, you know, I'll end up getting arrested for whatever, being woke and not woke or not woke enough. But I've had people actually say to me, well, don't you think enough is enough and shouldn't Israel pull back now? And my answer is an unqualified, unmitigated, absolutely not. This has to be finished once and for all. They have to wipe out Hamas. They have to wipe, up, wipe out Hezbollah. They have to wipe out all of these uh, terrorist organizations that cling to this radical form of Islam. If they don't want to reform these Islamists, well, then they got to be eliminated because they do tremendous harm, not just to the Jews, but to their own people. You look around the world right now and you can see you know, uh, Muslims fighting Muslims. You can see Muslims using other Muslims as shields in a battle, including women and children. That's what they were doing in Gaza. What kind of human beings do that? No kind of human beings. This is a, a mental illness of the worst order. And since they are unrepentant and don't want any help, then uh, you basically have to just wipe them out or else this never, ever ends. So there are uh, operations going on in Jenin. I think of all these places because I've been there. I've walked on these, you know, streets in places. I, I have had the good fortune many years ago to be in areas which are now, I, I was in Gaza, I was in Hebron, I was in places where Jews couldn't go after they gave the territory over to a people who then used it to plot the death of Jews. So I know what it looks like and what it feels like. It's a holy place. And for the U United States to keep double talking. You know, first it's like, well, we'll veto the ceasefire resolution at the United Nations. However, we want you to do it on your own accord. That's not going to happen. And nor should it. Hamas won't stop until they've wiped out the Jews. And now they're showing you that it won't just be in Israel because if they're arresting people in Europe, in Germany, in, in, in Denmark, in the Netherlands, what makes you think you're safe here? We have a huge Jewish population in Florida, in New York, in Chicago, in L.A. You really think that somehow these terrorist crazed, you know, subhuman garbage, that they're not looking over here and going like, well, that southern border is open and like, really, we could do a lot of damage there and it would get the world's notice. And uh, as the... Turkish uh, MP found out, bring down the wrath of Allah, but on themselves. Anyway, let me take a break. Uh, we got a lot more to talk about today. I'm going to get to a couple of things that I missed yesterday, not because I didn't want to cover it, but because there's just only so many minutes in my show, and I try to use them to the best of my ability. So you don't want to miss it. Stay right where you are. So just when you thought it couldn't get any freakier, it got freakier, right? You have uh, the First Lady 
Dr. Jill, who decided that she would have this, she'd make a video for Christmas. And then she posted this video. And it's basically a bunch of these people from a, a troupe in New York that's uh, referred to as the Dorrance Dancers. And they're doing a tap dancing, playful interpretation of the Nutcracker Suite through the halls of the White House. It is so bizarre. It is the antithesis of what she wrote. She said it was magic and wonder and joy and tapping and uh, doodly doodly do. It's weird. It's bizarre. It's trashy. It's the White House. And, you know, why? Why did she feel that this was a good idea? Because, of course, anything that is non-traditional, the left and Democrats think will attract more people to them. Like, they don't seem to realize that some of the big voting blocks that they depend on always are really pretty traditional and pretty conservative when it comes to things like Christmas. And, and th this kind of uh, garbage, which is what it was, is hard for people to watch and take seriously. It's, you know, somebody put in the uh, tweet, in the, in the thread that followed the posting by first lady said it's a mentally ill christmas at the biden white house bizarre and freaky and then my friend brigitte gabrielle said children should not be watching this smut the only thing missing was dylan mulvaney now that's a pretty strong statement and and what you should understand is that all they ever did was slam the trump's but I think back to how the White House looked when Melania was the first lady. And by the way, last night, one of my Christmas presents, I got some Christmas presents from my friends Joe and Diane, and one of the Christmas presents was for my husband. It was a Melania Trump calendar, 2024 calendar. Now, my husband is a man of few words, a passionate man. Whatever words he says, he means them. And, and he's, he can be very serious. He can also be very um, happy. When he saw that calendar, he lit up like a kid getting a transformer toy. He said, oh, I'm not even going to write on this calendar because usually he puts all his notes in his uh, main calendar. And he said, this will be a main calendar, but I'm not going to write on it. <laughs> he was so excited. I think he took it to bed last night. Not literally, but you know what I'm saying. He just really and was happy with his calendar. I get it, you know. I got a Trump calendar. I love it. But I remember the White House when she had it all in white, when Melania had all those beautiful white um, and crystal clear, uh, you know, decorations. And, you know, and people were saying, oh, but she said, who cares about Christmas? And she cursed that. You know, I remember all the controversies as well as all of the actual symbolism and beauty. She literally showed class. And this one, if you look at this Durance dancers uh, tap dancing their way through the White House, you know, the one thing it doesn't say is class. Not at all. 
I long for 2018. But uh, we may we may see it again. You know, I'm convinced that we need to. I don't know who they thought was going to like this display. I really don't. But that's not the only kind of bizarre story that came out of the last 24 hours. Now, I, I'm almost reluctant to talk about this because I know I'm so personally offended by it that I'm not even remotely fair in my coverage. But it's a story that needs to be told. The mayor of Boston, Michelle Wu, is holding an electeds of color holiday party. Now, her doubling down yesterday and saying, like, this always happens and there's all kinds of special events and special parties. Let me tell you what happened, in case you haven't seen the story. An email went out from her office on Tuesday to the entire Boston City Council, inviting them all to an annual electeds of color holiday party at the Parkman House. Fifteen minutes later, a second message from one of the staffers in, in Mayor Wu's office uh, comes out apologizing um, and saying that the previous email regarding a holiday party for tomorrow, I did send that to everyone by accident. And I apologize if my e email may have offended or come across as such. Well, let me ask you a question. If any mayor, any mayor in America, I mean, I remember when Lori Lightfoot only wanted to talk to black Congress, I mean, black uh, media personalities, only black reporters were allowed to talk to her, right? She took some heat for that. Not enough, but she took some heat for it. Can you imagine if any mayor, a Hispanic mayor in Florida, uh, a white mayor in Kansas, if any of them were to send out a party invitation to electeds who are white. N no, you can't imagine that because it could never happen. And if it did happen, the uproar would be so profound that their career would not survive overnight. They'd be out on their buttocks so fast, your head would spin. But because the electeds of color party is some kind of tradition in the stupid city of Boston, Wu said, hey, anybody you know who wants to have a holiday party specifically for a, a group of people are welcome to. Trust me, there are eight white members of that Boston City Council, and if they don't hold a white-only party, they are missing an opportunity to show just how wrong this is. How do you divide the people who have been elected in your council or commission, I don't know what they call it in Boston City Council, I think. How do you bring them together to work on behalf of all the people who live there if they separate themselves into groups by race or gender or ethnicity? This is so vile to me. Councillor Frank Baker said the situation was divisive, but that he wasn't offended to not be invited. He said, you don't want me at a party? I'm not going to come to the party. 
Another counselor disagreed. Oh, it's not divisive. It's creating spaces for people and communities with identities and shared experiences to come together. Never let the facts get in the way of manufactured outrage one one of the you know people of color who's going to the party. Electives of color. Did you know that was even a category? Because I didn't. But, you know, this is, this is the result of this woke ideology that is so deep in some of these younger politicians, like a Michelle Wu, who probably shouldn't even be the mayor of Boston. I'm just saying. What an opportunity. Even if it's a longstanding tradition, what an opportunity for a woman who becomes the mayor of Boston, happens to be of Asian descent, what an opportunity this would have been to say, this year, the Boston City Council is going to have one holiday party to which every member is invited. What a moment got wasted. But instead, she's telling us and other people are telling us that we're making too much of a fuss about this. You better start making a fuss. That's what I told the people last night. Enough of this, uh, you know, we're so civil and we're so dignified and we don't want to get down to their level. We got to get down. We got to get down and we got to get dirty and we got to fight back because this is crap. No uh, black dorms, no black graduations, no, uh, you know, Hispanic uh, karaoke nights. Stop it. This is the United States of America. The word united means we all came together. E pluribus unum, from many, one. Not from one, we decided to become many. And allowing this to go any further is on your head. You know, you have nobody to blame but yourself. As for me and my house, we ain't playing this game anymore. We, we're not, you know. I, I don't need... Uh, people assigned important positions because of the color of their skin or because of their gender or because of their gender identity or any of that other crap anymore. I want the best, most qualified people in every position from the president of Harvard to the president of the United States to the mayor of Boston. And if all they can do is play these stupid woke games, get them out of government. Get them out of academia. Get them out of my face. How about that? Don't forget, coming up after me, Eric Erickson, followed by Joe Paggs and Lars Larson, the overnight uh, Red Eye Radio. Tomorrow morning, it'll be Friday, and Jen and Bill will be back with the South Florida Morning Show, and they'll be picking their, uh, their teams, their football games. And then at 9 o'clock, Brian Kilmeade, who apologized profusely for not being on the show yesterday. He'll be on with me on Monday. Um, he follows at 9, Dan Bongino at noon, and then I get to come back to finish up the week at 3 p.m. For now, I have one segment left today, so stay right where you are. I'll be right back. Uh, I could see the morning crew also noticed that party. Of course, uh, we had our Christmas party yesterday. I wasn't able to attend it, but the last time I checked, everybody was invited. You can only hope, right? Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Sometimes uh, when I tell you a story like that, I, I know that you just sit there and you shake your head and you think there's really, will there be any hope for us as a people to break out of this insanity? And I got to believe there will. And you got to believe there will.
because otherwise we won't. If you don't have a dream, then nothing ever comes true. All right. Now I'm going to keep dreaming and I'm going to keep fighting for what I believe in because that's, that's how I was raised. I don't know about the rest of you, but my father never took no for an answer. Well, Louis Farrakhan has now decided to sue the Simon Wiesenthal Center. This is so unbelievable. And again, talk about a litigious society that makes zero sense. This is a story that I'm just going to have to digest a little further over the evening. The attorneys for the Simon Wiesenthal Center moved to dismiss a meritless defamation claim by the Nation of Islam and its leader, Minister Louis Farrakhan, based on allegations that the center called them anti-Semitic. He called himself anti-Semitic many times. His own words were always about how Jews were termites and and uh, what were some of the things. Uh, he said, I'm not an anti-Semite, I'm anti-termite. I only mean 10% of the Jews. He says Hitler was a very great man. The Jews have been so bad at politics that they lost half their population in the Holocaust. They thought they could trust in Hitler and they helped him get the Third Reich on the road. These are things that Farrakhan said. And, and, and he said in 1990, he said, I warned you that Allah will punish you. You are wicked deceivers of the American people. You have sucked their blood. You're not real Jews. Those of you that are not real Jews, you are the synagogue of Satan and you have wrapped your tentacles around the U.S. government and you are deceiving and sending this nation to hell. But I warn you in the name of Allah, you would be wise to leave me alone. But if you choose to crucify me, know that Allah will crucify you. But he's not anti-Semitic. He also accused the Jews of being behind September 11th. He said it was a false flag event. He says Hollywood Jews are the chosen of Satan. <laughs> he said American Jews, Korean Americans, Arab American merchants, they're all bloodsuckers. But he's not an anti-Semite. He's an anti-termite. You need to get your terms straight. So he has this uh, lawsuit against uh, the Simon Wiesenthal Center. What do you think? You think that's going to go forward? Yay. Oh, my goodness. I just can't wait. I think he sued them for $4.8 billion. How old is he anyway, Calypso Louie? Every now and again, I break out the uh, Calypso Louie theme song because he actually was a Calypso singer before he became the leader of the Nation of Islam after, uh, you know, Elijah Muhammad died. But uh, he was actually quite a good Calypso balladeer, you know. <laughs> I'll play it for you all tomorrow or the next day or someday because it's, it's, a, it's a hoot. But, uh, but he's got, what kind of lawyer takes this case? That would be my question. So I thank you for your time this time until next time. And my plan is to be back here tomorrow at 3 p.m. If it be his will and he delays his coming, remember what uh, lies within us is greater than anything you can ever imagine. And I'm confused by that last call, but uh, I'll just wrap this up today. Um, just be yourself because everybody else is taken. And then may God bless you. May God bless Israel. 
and may God bless the United States of America. I'll see you all tomorrow at 3. The Joyce Kaufman Podcast has been brought to you by Code Red Roofers, South Florida's leading residential and commercial roof experts. Code Red Roofers, roofers that respond. Call 844-4-CODE-RED or visit coderedroofers.com.